if, uh, if you'd like to follow, if you'd like to get a Bible, we are in John chapter 15, beginning at verse 18 through to 16, verse 4. It reads this, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you're no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. If they'd listened to me, they would listen to you. They'll do all this to you because of me, for they've rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I'd not come to you and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates the Father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them, then no one else could do. They would not be guilty. But as it is, they've seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my Father. This fulfills what is written in the Scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, and he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. You must also testify about me because you've been with me from the beginning of my ministry. I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you'll be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they've never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now, so that when they happen, you'll remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier, because I was going to be with you for a while longer. And Father, we ask that you would bless this word to us, that we might be encouraged through it, and that we might faithfully follow you as your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's lovely to see you, friends. And uh, if you're new or visiting, great to have you here. My name is Mark. I'm the senior pastor here. It's great to have you uh, with us. Um, we're in the middle of a little series in John's Gospel, and um, here's, we are, here's where we are in Jesus' life. Uh, Jesus has had the Passover supper. He's uh, predicted his death. Uh, betrayal has happened. Um, uh, he has gathered his disciples together, and he's sharing with them some really important stuff. These are final words, as it were. Already, the political leaders and the religious leaders have... Um, chosen to ensure that Jesus is killed, done away with. He's, um, he's been causing too much, uh, too many people following him, too much of a, uh, 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 confusion in people's minds as to what it means to follow Christ. Um, and so they've decided they're going to get away with him. He's, as it were, he's a, a dead man walking. He's, he's heading towards his death. So his words that he chooses at this point in his life are really important. What he says is key. And he comes into this part in John's Gospel and he says three things that over the last three weeks that we've been looking at. Firstly, he says this. He says, bind yourself to God. That's the first thing. Do you remember that? We talked about that. Look to the vine. Bind yourself to the vine. He says, what's most important is that we're rooted in God. That's what's most important in our lives 
that we have, we have an absolute focus on who God is, that we understand in our lives what God has done for us and that we walk faithfully with God. He says the most important thing is that we are connected to the vine, that we're, we realize we're a branch that comes out from God. We're, there, there's such a strong link that we get life from him. He says, look first to God. Then secondly, and Chris was speaking on this last week, he says, look to one another. The importance of one another cannot be um, emphasized enough. Being part of a Christian community, being part of a family, being part of a group that says we worship God together. We, there is a call on our lives to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to check one another, to, to hold one another accountable. To, to say to one another, come on, keep going. That's, that's how we do it in life, isn't it? We, we spur one another on. We encourage one another. Um, and, and Jesus says, this is what's really important. He says, one, bind yourself to God. Two, bind yourself to one another. And then he comes to this little part in John 15, the third area. And he says this. He says, I think three things in this passage. He says, one, you're going to hit troubles. Two, I'm going to be with you. Three, stay strong. And that's what I'm going to speak on for the next few minutes. Here's some really uh, good advice from children who've uh, hit trouble in their own lives. Patrick, age 10, discovered this to his uh, disappointment. He says this, Never trust a dog to watch your food. There's a life lesson that Patrick learned. Randy, he learned... A very important lesson, only age nine. He's, he writes this, stay away from prunes. <laughs> Poor boy. Lauren, she learned this fairly early on. She says, she's age nine, she says this, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. <laughs> Joel age 10, he says this, he says, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. <laughs> Eileen, just aged eight, she learned a very important lesson. She says this, never try to baptize a cat. <laughs> but I think the last two are perhaps my favorites. Michael, age 14, says this, when your dad is mad at you and asks, do I look stupid, don't answer him. <laughs> That's a life lesson, wasn't it, you learned there? But another Michael, he's a wise man, he is, he says this, never tell your mum her diet's not working. The, the, thing is, the thing is this, Jesus says you're going to hit trouble. You're going to hit trouble in life. That, that's basically what's going to, at some point, at some point we're going to hit, we're going to hit white water. At some point we're going to hit a rocky road. At some point things are going to get difficult. Every single one of us in this room, whatever age, at some point things have been difficult. You hit, you hit a, a difficult time. Uh, in life. And Jesus, Jesus says, I want to tell you about this. I want you to know this. Ahead of time, you will hit difficulties. So, 
expect troubles. He said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. Perhaps the strangest puzzle to a new Christian is, is often that when, when we, as a new Christian, go and tell the good news to somebody, I've become a Christian. You know, this is great news. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ and I, I became a Christian, going home and telling my parents, and my, the reaction of my parents was not one that was uh, greatly encouraging. My mother and father said, where did we go wrong? That was the response. I thought it was great news. They were like, whoa, where did that really come from? Um, they're now lovely followers of Christ themselves. But, but there's a, it, it, it is always the case, isn't it? People react differently when we tell them the news that we've become Christians. I love hearing good news. I love it when someone sends a text and says, you know, we've had a baby or got a job or whatever it might be. And you think, great news, there's some good news that's happened. And uh, we love, love it, don't we, when we share good news. When something good happens in our lives, it's a great thing. Um, uh, Linz and I, uh, on Friday night, we drove up to Nottingham to take our son out for his 21st birthday. Just took him out for dinner, and it was just such a lovely evening. It's like, this is great. This is just great. It's, it's lovely to celebrate something uh, together. We love celebrating good news. Jesus says, even though your faith is good news, not everybody will celebrate it as you would expect them to. And he says there are a couple of things to note about this. First, he says it's nothing personal. It happened to me, Jesus says. It will happen to you. Isn't it extraordinary? Isn't it extraordinary that Jesus did good all the time? Isn't it an extraordinary thing that he welcomed in the least and the last and the lost? That he embraced those on the edges of society? Isn't it an amazing thing that he welcomed in uh, the prostitutes and the lepers and the broken and the outcasts? And he says, you're really important. You're really important to me. I want to include you. He was doing good stuff and people reacted negatively against him. He says, look, it's happened to me. It'll happen to you. Don't take it personally. That's just what will happen. Not everybody reacts in the right way. And oftentimes, that's not because uh, when we talk about our faith, about the celebration of our faith, sometimes it's something inside others to make, who, that makes them feel uncomfortable. And often that's because we've made a, a commitment. I, I, I think society today loves looseness you know let's not be committed to anything let's let's have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and we can we can sort of drift about in different areas in life but but becoming a christian says that we're committed we're committed to a certain way of life we're committed to a certain uh, lifelong decision i was with somebody last week and um we had a lovely discussion together and uh I can't remember, there were a couple of others with me there. I can't remember who they were, but we had this lovely discussion together. And, and uh, he's been with his girlfriend for quite a long time. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, wh why don't you marry her? Uh, he said, well, they're just living together. I said, well, why don't you marry her? He said, well, we've only been together 10 years. He said, well, I, th I think a commitment is what's called for. I think, I think by now you should be going, I want to commit. I want to say, I'm going to commit to you. And in doing so, we're going to go into this thing together that says, we'll both commit before God to walking through life, the rest of life, together. 
I even offered to take his wedding for free here. We'll see whether he follows up on that. But there's a, there's a sense of, we, come on. Come on, let's commit. Let's commit to something. Let's, I, I think if you want to build something long term, you've got to commit to it. You've got to say, this is really important. And I think that that's what Jesus calls us to. Jesus says, remember, people will, be, uh, will react differently to that. Secondly, Jesus says, troubles will come because you're now a different person. If, you, if you're of the world, he says, the world loves its own, but, but I've chosen you out of the world. You're different. You know, one of the unrelenting pressures of our society is for us to conform, to fit in, to, to be shaped by those around us. Uh, it's reported, I found this little interesting uh, uh, fact, it's reported that the person who first created the umbrella, when he first went out with it in the streets of London, was pelted with vegetables and uh, things because he was different, just because he got something different. You don't, it's not about a religious persecution necessarily. You can just be different. If you're different, you can be persecuted. Jesus says we're to be different. We're just to be different. That means we're to act differently. We're to behave differently. I know when I worked in marketing in, in the office and we'd have meetings and I'd come in and, and, and uh, because I don't swear, because I choose not to, not to use the Lord's name in vain, because I have certain standards, it was always, oh, Mark's here, we can't, you know. This is, this is, this is the way we live. And if someone would say something, I'd say, hey, come on. I don't like that. That offends me. Oh, I'm really sorry they'd say it. So we ch- and it's really interesting. You can, have, you can have plenty of meetings without foul language or lewd behavior. Just if someone says, we've got to be different. That's how we change things. God calls us to be different. And, and sometimes people just react against that. They don't like that. Jesus says, it happened to me. It can happen to you. And I, and I know for me, this is what happened. This is what happened when I became a Christian. I changed inside. I changed inside. So, so it, wasn't, it was no longer about uh, just uh, doing my own thing or behaving in a certain way, but actually my wants changed. So, so when I first became a Christian, I, I knew it was all about, you know, I knew that, that, that there was the big ten. You know, the Big Ten Commandments. You've got to obey those, haven't you? Then there seems to be a lot of other stuff in there. But there was the Big Ten. I think, well, I can get my mind around that. There's the Big Ten. I've got to behave and belong to the Big Ten. And you obey these things. And then after a while, after a while, I thought, well, actually, it's not just about trying to keep those. Something inside me changed, and I wanted to keep those. My wants changed. That's what happened. And, and Jesus says, I've called you out to be different. And if you're different, you will hit trouble at times. He says, it, 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 persecution cannot be avoided. He says, it happened to me, it'll happen to you. But the good news is, and here's the good news, he says, now, as that's going to happen, so love God, love one another, beware that troubles will come. But he says this, He says, but I will send you, verse 26, he says, I'll send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father, 
and will testify all about me. Now, now listen to it. He won't come to the world. He won't come to everybody all the time. He will come to you. Jesus says the Spirit will come to you to equip you, to enable you, to walk with you, to help you go through any type of trouble, to strengthen you when you're feeling down or weak, to, 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 to enable you to be strong uh, in God. The Spirit is coming, he says, and he will bear witness to you. It's a witness that Jesus is truly alive. It's a witness that Jesus is truly our Lord. It's a, it's a powerful witness within us that encourages us. Those who've experienced the reality of Jesus by being filled with the Spirit are different. I, I, Jesus, these are Jesus' words. They're not mine. He says, the Spirit will come to you. In other words, it's really important that we don't just have a head knowledge of faith. You know, most people, most people have an understanding that there is a God somewhere. Most people have an understanding that there's most people. Jesus says it's very different, not just an understanding that there's a God, but a knowing of God. It's not just about your head, it's about your heart. It's what he comes to give us a new heart, to transform us to change us. He says, look, you're, you're going to, he says, love God, love one another, you're going to hit troubles, but my spirit is going to come and will fill you and equip you. And it will transform, my spirit will transform your hearts. Friends, it's so important to be open to the work of the spirit in our lives. If we don't allow the spirit to minister to us, it can be difficult. It can be hard work. But if we allow the Spirit to minister to us, we become different people. We really do. I think, I think, that, I think that we as Christians, we should be the kindest, most compassionate, generous, gentle people on the face of the earth. Strong, committed to our values, you know, we're, we, we live a certain way, we believe in certain things, we hold these things dear. But actually there's something within us that should show love. And uh, Chris was speaking on it last week, wasn't he? I, I listened to that yesterday. And uh, he did that little survey in West Ealing of what people thought about God. And, uh, you know, sum up the Christian message. Love God, love one another. That, that's the conclusion. That's what we should be like. We're people who love God, love one another. And, 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 and we're told, aren't we, they, they should know that we're Christians by our love for one another. There should be something within us that says we are, the, the, the way we live just says that we're people full of love for one another. We're full of love and compassion for others. We're, we're people who are, who are generous with our words and our actions and our, our gifts. We're generous people in every way in life. There's something about us that is different. That only becomes a reality when we get filled with the Spirit, I believe that. When we open our lives to the work of the Spirit of God. When we allow God's Spirit to touch us deep down inside. When we allow Him to reshape us. To take off those bits in our lives that, that actually cause harm and damage to others. That's why ministry is so important. That's why we're committed 
to it here at St. Paul's. We're committed to praying for one another. We're committed to being open to the Spirit of God. I, I, I actually believe, I've, I to, truly believe that I am um, a better person because God's Spirit works in me on a daily basis. I truly believe that. I, th- I think if we don't allow God's Spirit to work on us, there's something of our human nature that comes up again. But if we allow God's Spirit to work on us, then there's something of God that shines through in all that we do. And, and he goes on in this passage, he says, and you're to testify about me. Um, he says, and you must also testify about me because you've been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Well, we've not been with him from the beginning of our ministry, but we'll testify about him. Why? Because the Spirit is alive within us. And if the Spirit ministers to us, God's alive within us. And then so, therefore, something of God has to come out. That that you feed, that's what comes out in the end. If we feed the work of God in our lives, that's what comes out in the end. So Jesus says this. He says, look, look, I'm the true vine. Bind to me. Get your life from me. And then he says, then he says, bind to one another. Ensure that you support and encourage and walk together. Stay strong together as a community. Beware, he says, there will be troubles. But, but I'm warning you ahead of time that there will be troubles just so you know. And I've had troubles in my life. We know that when we look at Jesus' ministry. That's what he says. I had troubles in my life. We know that he did. But he says this, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to equip you for what you're called to. And then he says, then he says this. He says, so that you stand firm. He says, I've told you these things. Don't forget where we are. We're at that point where he's going to his death. These are really important words. He says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Stay faithful. I don't know if you've ever run a marathon or cycled a distance. Um, uh, If you have, you'll know that if you stop, it's harder to get going again. Last week, a few of us, we cycled to Amsterdam. That was great fun. And um, uh, uh, we had a, just one, one person with an arm in plaster now and a few uh, bicycle tires that exploded. But other than that, no mishaps. Um, but we, we, we first, first uh, night we cycled down. We knew we had 110 miles to cycle. So that's okay. So we cycled. We got down to Dover. We're feeling quite confident. So we had a couple of beers. Then we got on the boat, and you have a big meal, and you're thinking, glad we've only got 10 miles to go. A couple of Guinnesses and a meal, you're thinking, I really don't want to cycle now, I just want to go to bed. So we cycle the 10 miles down a really nice little causeway that we cycle down, a little thin causeway with a bridge at the end, a raising bridge like this at the end, you see. And this is where all the boats come in. So it's open sea beyond there. So we cycle 10 miles down here, and we get there at half past, about 20 past 10 at night, and the bridge has gone up like that. And so we speak to the guys the other side, and, and we say, is the bridge going to go down? And they say, well, we're just going to let this boat go through. Well, it wasn't a boat. It was a socking great thing. I mean, it was an ocean liner. It was huge, you know, container thing. So it comes through. It takes 20 minutes to go through. I mean, it's just going through and through and through and through. 
And then when it goes through, obviously it's so late, the guys the other, the other side decided, it's a bit late now, we're going home. So they went home. Now, all the way there, we've been talking to one another, laughing, you know, all of that stuff. Now we realize we've got to cycle 10 miles back this way, all the way around, just to go the few hundred yards that is the other side. That's the thing. Now, this is what happened. We get down, no one's saying anything. No one's, we're just putting our heads down going, oh my goodness me. And we're cycling like this. The wind's going in our heads like this. We're all trying to get behind anybody just to get out of the wind. If they can get the wind, I'll get a bit of, you know, protection behind them. When you stop, it's jolly hard to get going again. When you stop, it's really hard to get going again. Jesus says, don't stop. Stay faithful. Keep going. You know, apathy is the leading cause of the weakening and eventual death of faith. Faith is like a muscle. We have to keep it going. We have to keep putting it into action. We have to keep uh, doing things for our, our, our relationship with God. Faith can no more be taken for granted than one's relationships can be taken for granted. You know, don't you, that for a relationship to work, you have to invest in it. For a friendship for work, you've got to invest in it. For a marriage to work, you've got to invest in it. We've got to invest in our relationships. Invest in them, invest in them, invest in them. The more you put in, the more blessed you will be. The, the more you try to take out, the harder it will become. If you focus on investing, putting in, you put in, you'll get back. You try to take out, it'll run dry quickly. We've got to invest, invest. The same is true of our relationship with God. If you choose to invest in your relationship with God, if you choose to say, I'm going to stay strong in this, I'm going to keep the faith, I'm going to walk the way of Christ every day, you will know God's blessing in your life. You'll know his kindness to you. You'll know his gifts to you. You'll know his walking with you. You'll know his guidance of the Spirit. You'll know it because you're choosing to invest in it. God promises through his Spirit to input into our lives. All we have to do is make ourselves available to him. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord. I choose to put myself, make myself available to you. I choose to allow you to work in my life today. In order to keep faithful, we've got to ensure we're well fed on the word. What, is, what does God want of us? How does God direct us? What does God call us to do? We need to, we need to be prayerful. We need to be people who come to worship uh, um, uh, um, and support and encourage one another. So three things from this passage. One, Jesus says, expect trouble. Two, but I'll be with you. You can trust in me. Three, therefore, keep faithful. Finish well. I had the privilege this week, last, uh, last night, of sitting with Colin Reed, whose wife died on Friday. And uh, I sat with him for a couple of hours. And we talked together, and he talked about Pat, and he talked about their faith, and he told me of their testimony of how they came to faith, and how they've lived their lives in faith. And it was one of the most humbling couple of hours I've had as that man just overflowed with the grace and the goodness of God. And his 
utter and absolute conviction that his wife is now in glory. And he says, I was gifted with her for a while, 40-something years, and now she's with the Lord, and one day I'll be with her again. She stayed faithful. He intends to stay faithful. As I left their house, I thought, Lord, may I have that same story at the end of my life, staying faithful to you, that one day I might celebrate myself and my wife and perhaps my children and family that they would know we're safe with our Lord for eternity in glory. Let's stand together, shall we?